Hey everybody, DM Brad here. Thank you very much for listening to this special bonus episode of The Fate of Ison. This is part one of a mini-story that tells us what happened to Drew the Halfling Druid, aka Cool Beans the Kiordi Spy, aka Hot Beans the Coffee Vendor, and the dead, question mark, Dragonborn Druid, Mitchell Moore, after the Squadith moved on to their next mission. We are playing the D12 Go system in this one and have awesome guests, Waffles from the Waffles and Mario Talk About Things podcast and Thomas from the History of Aotearoa New Zealand podcast. Go subscribe and listen to those podcasts now. Both of them. Waffles and Mario Talk About Things and History of Aotearoa New Zealand. Do it. Do that now. Links are in the show notes. Okay, that's enough preamble. Now let's find out what happened with Drew and Mitchell Moore. This is a uh, like a little interlude episode, I suppose, of, to find out what is going on with uh, two characters that we saw during Chapter 6 of Fate of Ison. Uh, we're going to be using the D12 Go system, and so, uh, yeah, when these two players introduce themselves and the characters, they'll be telling you about um, the abilities that they have in that system. So we'll go um, with the, first of all, with the character that listeners would be more familiar with due to slightly more appearances than the other. Um, so take it away, Waffles. Uh, hello, uh, lovely to hear from you again, listener. You're, you're beautiful. <laughs> you, you ruined it already. You I did. ruined no. it already. I do. No, uh, hi, I'm Waffles. You might remember me from the thing that Brad just said. Uh, I will be replaying Drew Id, who I've tried to take his stats from 5e and convert them to D12 Go. Um, I think when we left him, he was level 11, and now he's back to level 3. Um, but that's good in D12 Go, also I've been told. He's got two bond, two brain, one senses for his stats. He's got a limit of three, uh, and trying to reduce his spells into specialties was interesting, so I just gave up. Gave him plant magic, animal magic, rock magic, and healing magic. Um <laughs> And he's still got his armor, quarterstaff, and a bag of seeds. Um, I like how he's got no specialties related to hitting things with his quarterstaff. No, well, he has the quarterstaff, um, but he has like a lot of spells, and he's mainly a spellcaster. Um, and hitting stuff with quarterstaff was not actually all that effective, I learned. Oh, well, no, not when you're up against ancient white dragons. A quarterstaff is a toothpick. <laughs> it is, but it's a toothpick he wields mightily. Yeah, so that's drew converted to a d12 so you could almost call it a drew 12 go system but you I'm could bummed. almost do that but you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um and plug plug yourself a little bit uh mr waffles yes um so i'm from waffles and mario talk about things uh new zealand improv podcast so if you like to laugh and you have about half an hour uh, to spare every week uh then listen out for us uh, otherwise known as wham uh we're on the socials at waffle up at waffles underscore mario uh where we just joke around and generally have fun with things so if you like improv and you like comedy and you like being a kiwi then listen to waffles and mario talk about things nice and we're also joined by uh another guy who's gonna say some words now 
Some words, yes. Uh, kia ora. Uh, my name is Thomas. You may remember me from when Brad mentioned me about three years ago on the podcast on one episode where I got horrifically drunk. It was the Bob Simple episode, um, I believe, where I got people, I split the episode into two, and people were like, wow, you got really drunk at the fir- end of that first one. Uh, hope you're okay for the second one or spaced it out. And I said, no. I did it. I we did it again 15 minutes later, and I was hammered at the end. Um, but anyway, um, I will be playing uh, Mitchellmore. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. Mitchellmore. Mitchellmore. Is it like a yeah. hard ch? Or? No, it's like three separate words. Yeah. With, yeah. Your hard ch. Yeah. Hard ch. So Mitchellmore, who was the uh, evil druid that the Apple Squadeth. Uh, fought uh, in chapter at some point in chapter six. I don't have the specific episode reference to hand, and was uh, summarily defeated and I believe consumed. Um, is yeah, it's what, <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Damien the plant demon is like the first act he took in the in the mortal realm was like, what's that thing? I don't know what death is, and he just kind of wrapped himself around. It was like, <laughs> and now you don't exist anymore. Um, so it, it may. It may surprise uh, listeners that I'm playing this character considering they thought he was dead. <laughs> but that will be explained in, in a bit. So for his stats, I went for quite a broad sweep because I wasn't really sure what he should kind of be necessarily. So I went for one ability, zero bond, one brains, two brawn, zero precision, and one senses. The two broad, I, I guess I can spoil it slightly. When, when Michelmore was summarily and ritually consumed uh, by Damien, um, he was sent to Kashtar, the god of life, where he was judged to be not totally evil, but also probably didn't do that good of a job. So so he was, um, the way I've kind of envisioned it, because uh, I've also given him no items, is that he was like injured on the Amazing Grace, but he got last. Um, you know, where they're like, ah, oh, you know, like it's not your fault, but also we have to punish you somehow. Um, so he was sent back with basically nothing. But originally, of course, he was a dragonborn, which was kind of part of the reason why he kind of went apeshit for a bit. Um, he has not come back as a dragonborn, he has come back as a minotaur, which kind of explains why he's a bit got too brawn, he's a bit buffer now. I also, in terms of my spells, I also went for the same approach as Mario, or a similar approach as Mario, where I went with animal magic and plant magic, because uh, I thought just saying nature magic was maybe a bit too broad. I and would I, have allowed it, but at the same time, it is very broad. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of like, mm, nah, it might be, might be a bit much. So I split it up a little bit into plant and animal magic. And I also went for, um, I guess, one that was slightly ambiguous which was Kashtar Connection. I kind of feel that maybe Mitchell Moore has, I guess he's a bit like not sure what's kind of going on now um, and this sort of thing. So I thought maybe it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like a religion check sort yeah. of thing. Almost, almost cleric like. Kind um, of cleric, yeah. Check, check in with the God of Life. Yeah, it's a kind of like, yeah, kind of a bit religious-y, cleric kind of thing, seeing as he's, I guess, met the god that he supposedly worships and and has been kind of judged and sent back i don't know how that's going to translate into the game i just thought it might be yeah. interesting to see where it goes yeah. that's cool it might fit i'd like you might get a chance to use it you might not might not um yeah but i thought but, yeah plant and animal magic i thought were the obvious ones and then i thought that might be a bit bit of a bit of a wild card 
I'm yeah. I'm moving, but people can't see me because it's an audio. Yeah, it's an audio here. medium. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's let, fine. Uh, let the record state that a dance was made. A dance was made, but uh, you can't see it. You'll just have to trust me that it was very good. Just um, check the court reporter's notes. If, if you listen closely, <laughs> yeah. you can hear the you dance. You can hear, notes. like, the shuffle of my shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's that's me on a, in a ramble with uh, Mitch on. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of Drew and see, yeah, the reborn Mitchell Moore, Mitchell Moore 2.0. V2.0. Um, I've been re- referring to him in my notes as just Mitt. I don't know if I, if that's a choice that you or he would make, but... Um, uh, I'm sure or, that's or if, fine. Um, or if you'd insist on always being called by your full name. No, I'm not going to insist that because I don't think that's something I'll stick to at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> or something annoying like, pick the middle part, Chell, and just Chell. be yeah, call oh, me yeah, Chell. his middle name. <laughs> Yeah, not doing that. <laughs> he goes by his middle name. Um, if you want that to be true, I'll just quickly rewrite something and that I'll incorporate that yes. he goes no, by I Chell. No, I want to do that. Partially because uh, I think it's it's funny and weird, but also in uh, reference to uh, Chell from Road to El Dorado, which is, I think is a great movie. Tis okay. And I've been listening to the movie. soundtrack recently, so is that too? How long has it been since we last left off with these characters? It's the same day. Same day. Cool. Uh, Brad in post. Chuck in some dramatic music here. Um, <laughs> I love to, I love giving myself editing notes <laughs> and then leaving them in for the listeners. To hear. <laughs> it's not even like a and Mark. Like it's 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 there. It stays there. Um, okay. The dragonborn druid, Mitchell Moore, had been locked away from the world for thousands of years, along with all other dragon-blooded creatures. Upon being freed from his magical imprisonment, he travelled to the site of his former home, the Great Galandus Forest, to discover it was now the city of Kaplane. Carts, pavements, shops and humans overloaded his senses with their noise and waste and blatant disharmony with the natural world. Disgusted and enraged, he lashed out with his druidic powers, summoning forth a powerful storm and a swarm of horrific plant monsters intending to lay waste to those who had destroyed his once beautiful home. He stood in the town centre, while his plants mercilessly hunted down and killed any and all citizens they encountered, until a group of adventurers came and defeated him. They tried to reason with Chell, telling him the destruction was unnecessary, but to no avail. Then a strange demon, a plant sent by the god of life herself, devoured Mitchell Moore, sending his soul to face her divine judgment. Hello, Chell. It's good to see you. I know you've been locked away from the world unjustly for an excruciatingly long time, and I understand your frustration, I really do. If I could have helped you, I certainly would have, but alas, it was beyond my power. I am truly, truly sorry for this. Your actions since your return have been misguided, to say the least. I understand the world you knew is long gone, but that does not make the lives of those in its place invalid. You acted rashly, which is not usually in your nature. Your kind, loving, harmonious nature. I am giving you another chance, Chell. A chance to make right the wrongs you have done. Make me proud. I love you. And then there's a bright flash of green light and 
Chell finds himself waking up in the exact spot where he last remembered being. Although he looks at a, at himself and sees like he's got these big beefy arms and strange hands and he's got hoofing feet and he feels his body is a lot larger than it was before. Like what is Chell feeling in that moment? He's had this very brief meeting with a god and then suddenly he's alive again, but his body's different. In the in the immediate moment, um, I think he would feel uh, since he was a dragonborn pre- like previously, and now he's a minotaur. Um, he's suddenly very aware that he's got like millions of hairs all over his body, and he can feel every single one all at the same time. And he's just like panicking, being like, ah! Ah! and he's like trying to rub his arms, and he's like just like kind of a sensory like a like a sensory overload yeah um, well, going from scales to hairs would be a, a yeah. very strange thing yeah because i guess he's got he's had less scales he's, he's like more used to feeling like like hard when he touches himself um and now he's like soft and squishy so now he's just like <laughs> touching himself all over <laughs> he's used to feeling hard when touching himself <laughs> welcome to the podcast thomas <laughs> <laughs> Just bring. I'm, well, I was about to say I'm bringing it down, but I feel like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the listeners know I'm at the same level, you know. <laughs> Sorry um, to interrupt. I mean, this so, was the same yeah. town that we did have the quivering mound, so it, it, it all fits. True. It all fits. <laughs> I'm just I'm just keeping it like on theme, you know. It's just... So yeah, I guess he's just panicking, um, and uh, yeah, just like touching himself all over. And he's like, um, he's like, I guess he's got horns now as well. So he's like, he's like, ah, like trying to figure out how long they are. And what know. are these things? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, not being gross at all, but this is a genuine question. Is he nude and does he have junk? Because <laughs> um, that's something that he would obviously have to address. I guess. Um, I'm really on the fence about this. Uh, the the player in me says make it simple. The zoology graduate in me says you've got to, you've really got to go for it. Uh, so um, I think yeah, I guess he would um, to keep decency. I guess he he was sent back in some basic clothing, um, but uh, I guess he, he does feel he's feeling a bit different um, between the legs. So he he kind of opens up his his pants and he's like. Whoa! And he's like chicken there as well, because they would be different. And it being uh, going from a, a a reptile to a um, to a mammal. Yep. <laughs> wow. So, so he's just he's just checking himself out, just trying to figure out what's going on. And yep. yeah. Okay. So the location where that happened, I think it was, it's like a warehouse almost. So it's a large open space inside a building and you can hear outside that um so we won't go through much detail for like this day so it, it's it's night time that you can see out the windows would you stay inside to try and figure out more about what's going on or would do you think you would have you would venture out into the town where you know you are you know there's people and you know there, there might still be those adventurers who fought you and things like that uh yeah i think i'd probably stay in the warehouse um kind of like 
like get up and like stumble around you know not used to my body i'm like falling over i'm guessing there's like maybe is there like crates or something in the in the warehouse and yeah yeah there's yeah. anything you would imagine they'd have in a place where they just like store things long term yeah so i'm like stumbling over them and like crashing into them and uh yeah i like peek out like the window like trying to see if i can spot the the weird bard lady and the 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 spooky cloud person outside um okay make uh make a senses roll first roll of the game that's a that's a net one <laughs> so that's a two all up uh, okay, so yeah, that's a miserable failure, yep. <laughs> straight off the bat. Not, not um, great. You, yeah, you're not used to your own body at all, and so you go to look out a window, um, and you stand on, like the windows are quite high up, and you stand on a crate to do it, but the distribution of your weight makes you just like fall backwards in a really comical um, slapstick way, just like, yeah. <laughs> and then crash, bang, boom, like you just break a few boxes and things with your heavy body. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Oh, stink. Uh, oh, stink. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Drew, while you're sleeping, you have a very strange dream that's not so much a full dream with like events or anything like that happening. It's more like a feeling and like a few flashes of images. And you get a flash of like Mitchell Moore, the dragonborn druid that you fought earlier in the day. Um, you get a flat, like a few flashes of some of the like the dead bodies of the people that he killed around the town. And you get a flash of of an elven woman draped in vines, and then you get a flash of a minotaur, hmm. and you wake up, and and it's morning time. Right. <clears throat> I think I'm just gonna make a coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. So after you have your coffee and things like that do you have a think about that dream and what it might mean or and also chell do you have the courage to venture out of your warehouse yeah i I think as drew goes about his duties fixing the town you know sort of using his earth and rock magic in order to fix damaged buildings and then using his sort of general druid craft things to sort of entertain the the children especially brett who was the child who was stuck in the shambling mound i think he will try to not just heal the town physically but also like mentally and spiritually as well like he, he and and so going through his his duties he'll be um ruminating on the dream and and what's it What's it mean? Like the only thing he recognizes was the dragoon born and and the dead bodies, but he's sort of never get he's dealt with one and he's and he's sort of trying to deal with the other. And so as for the the elven lady dressed in in vines, he sort of looks down at his own armor that's also sort of made out of a, a living coffee tree and a minotaur, which is not a creature he's overly fo- uh, familiar with. It, but he knows cows and he knows humans and so he's sort of trying to puzzle that out what he's thinking like how's that possible and he's thinking the mechanics of it <laughs> yeah like he, he... <laughs> he thinks about it too much and he just goes off for a <laughs> <Yeah>. cheeky wank <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get like, any ideas <laughs> I, I suppose he would because he's seen that Kashtar uh, since 
Damien to do something. So he knows that Kashtar probably has something to do with this, considering that was the last god he semi-interacted with. And so he's never been overly religious, but he's going to try to pray to Kashtar, see if that means anything. Does he know that Mitchell Moore was sent to Kashtar's realm? Damien said something like, I've sent him to Kashtar. Yeah, so I, I, he's going to try praying to Kashtar, but he doesn't know how. He's a druid, not a cleric. So, But okay. Kashtar is the god of life, and so he assumes that he's somewhere in that realm. Maybe. He's like, hey, I'm not a cleric, but I'm a druid, and I guess that counts. Yeah, make a bond roll. Okay. That is a cheeky six. Can I add plant magic as she's the god of nature and was wearing vines? Hmm. No. Fair enough. If you had given yourself the more generic nature magic, I would have let you have it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, six is fine. That's a questionable success anyway. So yeah, you, you feel like you make a connection when you make this prayer. You feel like it goes somewhere. You don't get a direct response. You just get a feeling that the dream you had is a message from Kashtar. He sort of has his fingers crossed and says, not another Damien, not another Damien, not another Damien. <laughs> um, Thomas, uh, what, what's happening with Chell in, in the morning of after his first night as a minotaur? Yeah, I feel like after the fall, I've just been, spent the, the rest of the day, uh, sorry, the rest of the night just like unconscious, um, <laughs> having knocked myself out accidentally. Um, and so in the morning, I'm like, kind of, again, I have this, a quicker... Uh, sort of same thing happens. I check myself over again. I'm kind of panicking because I thought previous night was like a, like a bad dream. Now I'm like, oh my God, like it's actually real. And then, yeah, I probably spend like a good, maybe like hour just like looking out the window again, like just watching to see like kind of what's happening. Are those people that, that fought me, are they still out there? Um, and then eventually when I decide that, okay, yes, they aren't, there anymore i i tentatively open the door and i guess uh kind of stumble a little um out of the warehouse on my clippy cloppy hooves yeah i guess into the into the street cool so that's how you make your appearance and you are immediately a spectacle everyone stops what they're doing because like fuck a minotaur just came out of that building and the the word spreads around town within like a minute people don't run and scream because you're not holding any weapons, you're not charging, you're not moving quickly, but people are just kind of like, uh-oh, um, and people do, a few runners do go off to spread word, and you can almost hear the gossip starting and spreading like wildfire, and mm. it's only like a minute or two before Drew hears there's a minotaur in the town square. Uh. Purple monkey dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Drew uh, is going to grab his quarterstaff and run over there. Like, this town has been through enough. And he's not going to allow anything else to happen to it. Like, he's going to lay down his life protecting this town that he feels he failed to protect the first time around. Yeah, it, it's not long before you see the very obvious elephant in the room or minotaur in the square. <laughs> um, that's a new saying from now on, the minotaur in the, the square. Minotaur in the minotaur square. In the Let's square. talk about the minotaur in the square for a minute. Um <laughs> Who's very, like, how tall do you think you are, Thomas? I'm picturing like eight foot. Yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking like sort of eight foot as well. So I'm like quite, I, I'm if, you, if most people are a, a human in the area, then like, I guess I'm quite above them um, in terms of height. 
and Drew is a halfling, and so oh. he's probably like <laughs> three foot. Yeah. This is banned for a trestle spoon all over again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just reskins. Um, yeah. So Drew, you you see him like a beacon in the night, and it's the same Minotaur you saw in your dream. Um, do I see? Uh, drew at all or are you like hiding in the crowd or make a census roll thomas that's a nine. Oh, nice okay you're studying this crowd that has gathered at a distance and you see a very small person whom you recognize from the day before uh, you only saw him briefly in the warehouse because during the fight outside he was actually off as a spider controlling um a an earth elemental that's right but in the warehouse he you know you saw him face to face and so yeah you you recognize oh shit that's one of the people from yesterday i out loud i say oh shit and then i'm like oh shit like surprised because uh, my voice like. is yeah my voice is substantially <laughs> deepened and uh, now that i'm a much larger figure and so I'm like rubbing my vocal cords a little uh, before my attention turns back to the the halfling that I recognize. And I'm kind of like taking steps back like, uh-oh. <laughs> Are the other guys going to be far behind? I would like to approach cautiously. And I want to try something. I want to ask, did Kashtar send you? Uh, I guess... Because I had a dream, a Kashtar sent a Minotaur, and now you're here. It's quite, quite convenient, isn't it? I would imagine so. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. <laughs> well, it could be that other Minotaur just yeah, over there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's, that's Frank. Steve, he lives on the corner. <laughs> Did he have horns out to the side or horns out to the front? <laughs> we had horns like yours. Oh, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think she sent me. Uh, I don't really know what me is right now, he says as he kind of <laughs> looks over his body again. You're a minotaur. Well, well, yes, I can see that, but I wasn't a minotaur 20 minutes ago. What? What, what do you mean? Well, I didn't have all the, all the fur and the horns and and the, the hooves the hooves i have hooves now if listeners could see thomas's face right now it's he's acting his heart out he is he's, he's trying he's going for the oscar right he's now he's doing a good job <laughs> it's, a, it's all wasted on, on podcasts <laughs> um yeah i i'm just exclaiming about my hooves now <laughs> right yeah i can see the hooves but you said you weren't this 20 minutes ago what were you? Was it? You, you, I was a dragonborn. You know the scales and the claws and the like, the snout and, and the teeth. He's like bearing his teeth. Now he's like touching his teeth because they're like round now. Um, he's like, oh god, <laughs> this is gonna suck when I try to eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> is it wrong to eat beef now? <laughs> oh no, Drew's a vegetarian. He doesn't know what meat tastes like. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm I'm half explaining things to you and half uh, having a crisis, like internally. Oh, okay. Um, would you like a coffee? I can I can go 
make you one if that helps normalize. Uh, yeah, Did- you know, you know what? That that would actually be really good right now. Yeah. So waffles, does Drew has Drew put two and two together as though this is definitely Mitch Elmore? He has. But just in case this is like one of those amnesia situations where if he reminds him of his past life, then he'll flip out and go crazy again. He wants to handle him with kid gloves, if that makes sense. And he sort of wants to let this new version reveal themselves as they're comfortable doing so. He doesn't want to assume anything about them as they're, you know, less scaly, more hairy. And so potentially with the physical changes might have also come mental and spiritual changes as well, you know, and so he doesn't want to, you know, presume too much. Fair enough. What do you think uh, between the two of you would happen in the, like the rest of this day? We have sort of been reunited. Chell has been told by Kashtar, like I'm sending you back, but like do better next time. And Drew is generally a crusader for life and harmony anyway. What do you think the rest of that day would look like between the two of you? I think I think for starters we'd probably probably as as um, Drew asked um, probably go have a coffee, um, go find a cafe somewhere, um, kind of just chat. I think that I, I guess Chell would take this opportunity to kind of uh, not really use Drew, but but in the sense that like he's now got someone to talk to, so kind of like kind of use that as like a i guess like a sounding board like he's like put something out there and then drew i guess would would come back with like what he thinks about it and so that helps chow kind of figure out like kind of what's happened and i guess where he should go from here kind of thing sweet yeah and drew has been like a a a very vocal hero for these people since um mitt's defeat and he's been like a very public figure for like tidying up the place. So people seeing this strange new minotaur with him, like sharing a coffee with him, sitting down and chatting, the people are now like generally accepting of the minotaur as well. Like that's a big in. Yeah. I think also part of the reason wanting to have a coffee was to get him out of the warehouse, stop him being so much of a spectacle and let the people of the town move forwards and not be re-traumatized by things. Like, Drew doesn't want it to be known that, hey, this is the guy that ruined the town yesterday. This is the guy that killed all your family members. Yeah. (laughs) He kind of wants to keep that on the down low. So I suppose he would talk about the resistance, talk about, you know, the, the efforts to make the world a better place He'll probably mention the surge or the limited knowledge that he has of the surge. And that, you know, there's a big thing coming in a couple of days that might just rewrite everything. I don't know. And let it be known that he sort of wants to bring together as many druids as he can and try to make a force for good in the world. Or at least he's not a big fan of big cities and stuff either. Like he wants more of this like reconnection with nature, you know, respect of nature. This actually, you know being in harmony and equilibrium with the world around them and not dominating it so much and hoping that you know druid to druid he sort of gets that of you know sometimes it's nice just to sit in the middle of a field on a rainy day and just listen to to the world or you know just to zone out and listen to the bird songs and the 
you know, the insects chirp and, you know, have you really just looked at a babbling brook and just been amazed by the wonder at all? Like, that's what he fights to defend. Like, that's what he fights to try to get people to stop and listen and understand is what he's hoping to convert campaign into and hopefully making it into this more integrated you know natural city like interesting things like roof gardening and uh, nude beaches yeah (laughs) 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 you know this is this uh he he sort of brought a bit of blood weed um with him from um yeah, from Van Four City and his and his sort of you gotta, like hey, you got to keep that one on the down low though, right? You gotta, oh yeah, yeah, you got to be got to have the hydroponics set up for that one. Yes, yeah, so like, <laughs> hey, you, are you are you are you cool? Are you are you cool? Are you, cool? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you smoke? You smoke? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, I'm forming this picture in my head and like got like a little sitcom theme music going on, like best buds rocking out in nature, best buds, the learning things for life. <laughs> it's like got that got that cool like um you know it shows the name at the bottom and they like turn to the camera and <laughs> featuring Terry Hatcher. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, you guys just bond for the rest of the day. And what do you do at the end when it's time to go to sleep? Does Chell just naturally gravitate back to the warehouse where he defaulted to last night? Or is there some other arrangement? Um, I think uh, that's initially where his mind would go. Um, And then he'd be like, "Mm, don't know if I really want to do that again. Uh, And then think, while I'm a minotaur now, do I sleep in a stable? No, that's horses. In a barn, maybe? Un- no, that's also horses. Unironically, <laughs> Drew steeped like it's canonical that Drew sleeps in stables. <laughs> so I think I think after after a day of bonding, Chell would probably defer to Drew and just kind of be like, Well, we're like, where you where are you staying? Uh no no offense, but I and don't take this the wrong way, but I, I sleep in the in the barn with the animals it's where i'm comfortable oh it is a, oh, it is barn but okay if, great if you want if you want a bit <laughs> like he's like now learned like a cultural like he's gone to a new country and learned a cultural thing he's like oh barn great yes okay good yeah, i mean if, i understand if you, that now if you want a bed we can get you a bed no um, i think i i am i am cow now so i think hay will be fine <laughs> okay i i, I don't want to presume <laughs> I don't know. I think the episode title for this is just going to be like, you know, like Drew and Mitchell Moore return or something like that. But I really want it to be I am cow now. <laughs> like to show solidarity, Drew's fuck it. He's just going to turn himself into a cow. And oh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, roll up some animal magic. Yep. And I'll let you decide if this is precision or brains. I'd say probably brains um three, so that's an eight all up yeah you turn into a cow but it's not a believable cow it's it's a cow that looks like it's someone pretending to be a cow <laughs> like, a, like like a child's drawn a cow uh no just it's cow enough right to be a cow yeah. but someone looking at it would definitely be like there's something wrong with that cow. It's I like, can't oom, quite put my finger oom. on it. Yeah. <laughs> it says oom. I think there's five legs. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, with watching Drew uh, turn into a cow, he would remember, actually, I'm also a druid. I can also change into things. 
Um, so he immediately tries to change into um, a dragonborn. <laughs> not a dragonborn, but like a like a like a Komodo dragon or like some sort of large lizard. Um, oh, yeah. To see if that works. We have uh, canonically there are Tuatara in the world. Okay. Yeah, we'll try and turn to a Tuatara then. <laughs> see if that works. So is that also animal magic? Uh, yep. And so yeah, and that would be either precision or brains. Yeah, I feel it's probably the... precision because he's in a different body and yeah, and for something quite small as well. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to try and get those details right. That's a that's a twelve. Sorry, I had to do some maths. Wow. Yeah, that's Eight plus a, four. That... It's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> That's a success. Yeah, you turn into a spot-on Tuatara. Whee! Um, and the cow steps on it with its fifth leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Chell uh, would feel kind of weird now. Um, with he's now like scaly again and that sort of thing, and he's kind of like, oh, actually, I got a bit used to being hairy and fleshy and squishy and weird so he probably changes back pretty quickly cool so yeah you guys just uh while the night away in in a barn changing into different things <laughs> yeah changing into <laughs> different things uh waffles mechanically i'll give you your change to mouse for free to yep. cure you can just do that without rolls like we've established that you spend half your life as a mouse anyway so yeah okay so the next day is, is, is when things are going to begin you wake up in the morning and immediately a kia swoops in to the barn and lands on one of Chell's horns. Immediately starts panicking. It just grabs on like it's on a perch. Um, yeah, I'm just like, what is it? How, how, what, what's happening? Can I put one of my arms out and I watch it like a falconer and sort of try to whistle and get that gear to land on me? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go with some bond here. All right. Bit of animal magic, can I? Uh, it depends. Are you doing it magically, or are you just doing it more as a just a dude? Ah, probably just a dude at this stage. Oh, that's not good though. Uh, that's a four all up. Okay, yeah, failure. You just do like a you try and imitate a Kia like whistle, and it just looks at you like, no, nah, I'm up here on a perch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, is, is it is it just staying there? Yeah, it's it's staying in place, but it's moving its body around a bit as if frantic as if something's wrong like it's trying to get your attention oh can i look at the key and say okay we we see you what, what do you what do you want okay yeah it, it looks in your direction drew and just like nods and then makes a key sound can i um cast speak with animals which was a spell i had in 5e yeah so just animal magic sure and probably brains or bond i would argue actually all right 12 yeah that's a success you successfully give yourself the ability to talk to this kia and it's squawking suddenly turns into um ah scary lizards scary lizards destroying the forest with acid hundreds of ah hundreds dead hundreds dead trees animals hundreds dead can you lead how far away ah lake analem stinking death swamp ah Okay. And then you... it starts it starts flying out the barn door or window. The, the same thing it came in. Oh, okay. I would like to iterate in common. There's acid lizards attacking the forest, and I think we're going to need to probably do something about that. Oh, that does sound pretty bad. Do uh, you want to help? Well, I've got nothing better to do. Okay. 
so I, th I think I should. Uh, you know, I've got to reform and all that now as well. You know, part of I, I guess Cashtar's parole. Uh, you know, gotta gotta make sure I'm, uh, you know, being being good and all ankle that. Bracelet. <laughs> ankle bracelet. Ankle yeah, bracelet. Yeah, I can't leave the city. There's like a little <laughs> mini Damien just around on the hoofs. Yeah. yeah. Where's so? Where's this like NLM? Because I'm not allowed to go um, within 50 yards of a school. Yeah. I'm not allowed to go beyond the city limits. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll supervise. It'll be fine if anyone's gonna. <laughs> Do you know a guy who can get this off? Like, <laughs> just for the afternoon, like nothing just, dodgy. Yeah, nothing dodgy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we should probably sort that out. Acid spitting lizard sounds pretty bad. Yeah, uh, follow that care, I suppose. That. Oh, do we, is he gonna? I, th I assume he's leading the way. Well, he uh, better, otherwise we'll. Uh, that'd be that'd be quite bad. Would be. Um. So it's it's flown away. You did. You, you would have caught the the direction that was flying in at once it got out the barn window, uh, and also drew. It said Lake Enelim, and you've been in this area before. You know where Lake Enelim is. Yep. Great. Lake Enelim. It's this way. And start hurrying off. Oh yeah, the bird's name is Maple, by the way, but it didn't say that. I just <laughs> thought I'd tell you that that's written down. <laughs> nice. Nice. So yeah, I guess we uh, we go to this lake and see if we can find. Surely some, some acid-spitting lizards can't be that hard to find. No. Question mark? You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys travel on foot? Or since you have the ability to turn into animals, would you consider other means? Uh, I think personally, Chell would um, take this as an opportunity to try and get used to his body, uh, or his new body. So if we start going like outside the city where there's a bit more like room to move, um, he starts like you know, like running a bit, jogging a bit, trying to, you know, flex a bit, kind of thing. You know, flexes his his muscles or whatever a bit. Cool. In that case, give me a brawn roll. Brawn. And anything that you could justify in specialties, if you got um, to do with like running or using your strength. That's a five. Yeah, that's 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 a failure. So you, I mean, you're able to maneuver your body around, but you haven't quite figured out how to tap into like the, the power, the beefiness quite yet. Yeah. And so a few of your movements are quite awkward. You see like a little uh, crack in the cobblestones of the city, and you, and you think like, oh, I'm going to jump over that, and you just don't. <laughs> <laughs> like you launch too late, and it's just yeah, you're, you're not very impressive at yeah. the moment. Yeah, but but uncoordinated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you are heading, so oh, Drew would know to head to, towards the city's northern border and where there will be a river that you need to cross before you get to a forest that contains Lake Enelim. Okay, is there, I'm guessing there's like no bridge across the river or? Well, there, there are some bridges, but in a direct line between where you were and the mm. lake. If you're doing a direct line, there's no bridge. But, so you either veer off to a bridge or you go straight somehow. Mm. Uh, can I use my magic to bring up some of the rocks out of the river and sort of make them into a sort of stepping path that we can get across? Oh, that is dope. That's cool. Yeah, so yeah, you arrive at the river and you're like, oh, well, we could transform into birds or whatever, but you know what? <laughs> you're going to try some earth magic or what What have you called it? Rock magic. Rock magic. It is a mountain druid, so it's more rocks than earth, which, yep. yeah. Okay, so what stat do you think? Probably brain. Like, I always assumed magic was a brain thing for him. Yeah, it's it's brains or unless an argument can be made for, like, precision if you're aiming something, but... 
Oh, and that would be a 15. Wee. Nice, huge success. Yep. All you intend to do is just bring up like a few sparse stones to not harm the flow of the river too much but you end up bringing up like a perfect bridge with even with like straight lines in it and like this was built by human hands nice i give i give like a double thumbs up i'm like whoa very impressive oh yeah I do that all the time <laughs> it's easy <laughs> yeah yeah so you guys get across that river really easily so you summon a bridge you cross the bridge <laughs> Casuals. Do you get rid of the bridge so it doesn't disrupt the river too much and become a dam, or do you leave it in place? I'm assuming these made it so that there's still water flowing under it. Yeah, there's still water flowing under it, but it, it is potentially a blockage because you've made it so well. No, yeah, he's going to hit it with his quarterstaff and have it sort of crumble back into smaller rocks and sort of sink back into the into the river. Magically or using his strength? Uh, magically, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hit, yeah, hit it with your quarterstaff and do some rock magic. Like, I summon thee and now be gone. Uh, and that uh, is going to be a 10. Success. That's great. You tell the bridge to fuck off and it crumbles to dust and washes away in the river. Cool. Easy come, and, and easy go. The, and some of the larger chunks hit a child who was swimming and they then... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> I just have a catfish for my family. That's what I tell you about swimming in the river. Don't do it unsupervised. It's dangerous. Damn it, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to you about this. Check how deep it is before you dive in. (laughs) Okay, so yeah. You have solved my bridge puzzle. (laughs) Um, So yeah, now before you is the edge of uh, the forest. Um, so this city is surrounded by forest. This is like to the north of the city. And you know, Drew, that deep within this forest is Lake Enelim. Do I recognize this forest at all as well? Like, was this here when back in the day? Um, I, I would say no, because Mitt's been, or oh, Chell's been away from the world for so many millennia. Hmm. And there's been a few surges since then. So like yep. the, the landscape has changed. Like, this used to all just be one gigantic mountainous forest, and now yep. it's like a plain, a flat plain with a city and forests and rivers and shit. Like none of this is familiar. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm just gonna follow Drew then. How thick are these trees? Uh, they've had some schooling, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna cast, talk to plants then. Can we walk through them, or is it difficult to rain? Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's it's difficult terrain. Like this is a very um, like dense forest, but you can certainly move through it. It's not like a, a wall of trees. Oh, cool. I'd like to move through it. Okay, so I'll, I'll just get both of you just to make senses rolls, just to mm-hmm. summarize how well you maneuver through this dense forest. Um, that's that's a four. That's a nine. Okay. Yeah, Drew, even though you've been here before, you trip and stumble on roots and vines because it it has been a while since you were here, like a few years, and there's been a bit more growth than you're used to. And yeah, it's not easy going for you at all. Uh, Like you just don't see where you're walking and like you turn back to look at the minotaur following you and then you smack your head on a branch and stuff like that. Like you are not having a good time. Um, Mitt is just like, I see a bird. I see a root. I see like my senses are different from what they used to be. Like, yeah, he's just pushing branches out the way. This is easy for him. It also helps. He's a lot bigger. (laughs) So just barge through things that would be obstacles for me. It's not about the size. It's about how you use it. 
<laughs> he's, he's just like plowing through a bush. Yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah, you're you're powering through this forest as best you can, and you hear a grunting sound up ahead and like squeaking and uh like squealing of like a small animal in distress or or a few small animals at least i'd like to cast talk to animals and see what they're talking they're talking about okay uh yeah animal magic and bond uh it's a 10 nice that's a success you um allow yourself to understand what these animals are saying and you hear at, at least four different squeaky animal voices saying um something along the lines of leave us alone we did nothing to you we did nothing we just we just trying to ah somebody help us somebody help us ah we, we are we, we've got nowhere to go please we don't even know what you are just leave us alone do i recognize these as like curie voices no it's not curie but they are they are you definitely recognize it's from small woodland animals mm-hmm do I understand? Do, would I know what animals they're coming from, or am I just uh, make a senses or brains? All right, <laughs> uh, it's not going to help. There's a net one, uh, so it's a two. <laughs> a miserable failure. And so you lean in closer to try and hear, like, oh, what type of animal is that? And you step on a twig, and suddenly, like, revealing itself from the bushes is a is a black dragon a small black dragon about the size of a halfling so about the size of yourself drew immediately followed by another one and then you happen to notice or both of you happen to notice a family of squirrels scurry off up a tree Uh oh hi i'm drew uh is there an issue here they are just grunting and snorting and one of them like coughs out acid onto the ground and they're not speaking a language that you know that's very rude are they speaking a language that I know? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, but they're speaking it in like a very childish, babyish way. Like right. they haven't learned it fully yet. Okay. Uh, I I say to them, I'm like, uh, hello, acid-breathing reptiles? <laughs> in draconic. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, make a bond roll. Bond roll. To try and... Um, bond with them that's a seven are you aiming directing this at like one of them specifically like uh, the one closest or to them as a general group? yeah just to them as a general group and i guess just as flavor i guess i would also have um kind of broken speech um in the sense that i am trying to speak a language in a body that necessarily isn't designed for it okay so um, you got a one to you got yeah they got a six so you got one to three more than them so you questionably succeed in in communicating with them so mm-hmm. they both stop and look up at you surprised to hear the language that they speak as well and they grunt and make various sounds that translate roughly to playing and food for mother. Uh, where is mother? The, the one closest to you says um, mother swamp you food and spits acid the, the the closest one to you spits acid in your direction make an agility roll to not get hit by acid um I got a six let's just um okay it, <laughs> it got a nine it rolled quite well oh. to spit acid at you so um yeah it got three more than you and its intention is to cause harm so uh yeah it gets you square in the chest with this sort of splat of black gooey acid 
and it um, gets one limit off you. Would either of you have any immediate response to that happening? See, my initial instinct is things as big as me are either halflings, which these things aren't, or they're, you know, children of bigling races. And so his immediate response is sort of thinking children or something. And so he's, I would like to cast plant growth and try to trap them where they are so that we can sort of deal with them without them sort of running off, making them less dangerous without killing them or even sort of damaging them in any in yep. any way so not piss off any bigger versions of dragoons which he knows dragoons can get a lot bigger than this and, and they're sort of quite scary to, to deal with and you want to try and trap both of them yeah okay so this is inflicting a game changer one of the other types of opposed actions so if you i don't know what stat you want to apply to that if it's if it's sort of you're, you're just reacting quickly you're just trying to like do do something to diffuse the situation i would argue agility you're just throwing your power out there just like ah do a thing stop the creatures or if it's more calculated it's probably brains i'd say it's more reactive so it's probably agility it's a 10. okay and since you got two targets um so take a minus two it's eight so you got an eight. Okay, mm -hmm. so one, the first one is going to try and not be affected by that. And it gets a five. So um, that one is uh, tangled up in vines, but mildly. It will get out of them on its next turn. Mm -hmm. So it is temporarily tangled up. And the other one also got a five. So yeah, both of them are tangled up very temporarily. Like you see that their ankles are just wrapped and you, you can tell like they're not going to be stuck in that for long. Yep. I think seeing Drew do this, I might try to assist by trying to specifically wrap the vines like around their sort of neck and head to pin yep. their kind of neck and head down so that they can't like bite or spit at the vines. So try and make it a bit more, bit more permanent. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, again, this would be inflicting a game changer, and because yep. they are already like restrained. Yeah, restrained is the word. Thank you. <laughs> I was looking for. I was like indisposed. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm just they're already indisposed. a little bit busy, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I'm so stressed. You don't know the life of a black of a black dragon I have woman. Not had my morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're already restrained. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a, a plus three to this, mm -hmm. um, but because you got two targets, you're then also going to get a minus two. So it's a plus one. That's a net 12. Oh, if I had plant magic, then that would be a 12, 16, 17. Oof. Big nice. boy, smooth brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. One of them got a, a 12 to get out, which is not enough. Yeah, so th that, this one is majorly affected. Mm -hmm. So you tangle them up really well. Yeah. And the other one got a 12 as well. So yeah, both yeah. of them are just more tangled up. So like Drew tangled them a little bit, enough to hold them still. And then you were like, all right, and now let's see what I can do. And now they are fully restrained. These two black dragon wormlings are just like struggling and straining against these ropes of vines and they're screeching to the sky, making a whole cacophony of noise, and their wings are uh -oh. battering. They're frantically trying to get out. Oh, this ain't good. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, well, actually, before I do that, I uh, I put my, like, hand out to Drew uh, as, like, a like a down-low high-five. Like, yeah, teamwork. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, briefly, like, really excited that we did something, like, real good. And then uh, I guess that, that turns to... Uh, bit of a oh crap this might be quite bad 
Drew would like to say, I'm assuming these are kids. You were talking to them. What were they saying? Yeah, they were saying that they were getting food. They were playing and they were getting food for their mother. I tried to ask them where the their mother was and they said that she was in the swamp. They then said we were food and now we're here. So I'm not sure how far away the swamp is, but I'm guessing it's close enough that maybe she can hear them. Yeah. yeah meanwhile, Scrock! Screech! <laughs> Quiet, you damn kids! Flat, flat, bang, bang. While you ponder, they're gonna both try and escape. Just, I'm just gonna roll while you ponder. Yep. Because I'm thinking, I would like to use my rock magic to create a trap underneath them. I create a pit and sort of have them fall into the pit, and then we can sort of cover it over. And that way, they would probably be making less noise, and we could probably have them a lot more secure. Okay, you want to drop them in a pit. Yes. With your rock magic. Uh, minus two because there's two targets, uh, but plus three because they are really restrained. They're not going anywhere. Yes, that would be a six all up. Did not roll well on that one. Okay, yeah, so that's not opposed because they really can't do anything about it, about you just changing the ground underneath them. So that's just a questionable success. You create a very shallow pit. It's a pit nonetheless. Like a three-foot pit where their heads are still at ground level. It's not concealing anything, but they are definitely in a pit. On a bit of a bit of a tangent, um, every time that waffles says rock magic, I always have this like jingle in my head now of like this guy on like guitar, like Nilio, you know. Um, so maybe that's a suggestion for for post Brad. Every time that waffles says rock magic, there's a bit of like a Nilio, you know. I'll just get a quick, uh, yeah, quick sting. Yeah, yeah. A bit well, of Marley rubbing of sting, off on him. <laughs> speaking of sting, rock magic. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what happens in my brain every time he says rock magic. So, <laughs> but sorry, yeah, dragons pits. We should probably probably not be here anymore. My only issue is if there is a dragoon around here somewhere, it's probably best that we deal with it. Sorry, I, this is this is gonna be a weird question. Probably not appropriate for right now. But what are these dragoons that you keep referencing? My impression was that they weren't called that in my time, so that that's like a, a language difference that is not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not up with. I'm sorry, they haven't been in the world for like. Oh, I'm sorry, a bit offensive. You would know you haven't been in the world for thousands of years. And I, I'm I not really. No, no, let's stay on topic. <laughs> but. It, so, you know, big scaly winged Screech. beasts. Dragoons. That's why I've always heard them, like, I didn't grow up around them. Like, like, dragoons like these? And he points to... Yeah, that's a... Looks like a little dragoon. Oh, I see where the confusion is. We call them dragons. Back ah. in my time. Dragon, yeah. Weird, weird how language is, isn't wow. it? It's strange how yeah. word can change after thousands yeah. of years of nobody Etymology is very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. If I didn't go to druid school, I would have gone to etymology school. But you know, mm. somehow, um, that's the, you know, this is how life how life plays out. Uh, True. Mm. But anyway, to um, yeah, we um, sorry. What was the original thing that you said? <laughs> uh, Maybe you should deal with the dragoons. Yes, if there's a dragoon around here, they they tend to be dangerous and destructive. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Yes. And I'm trying to formulate a plan 
that they're in the world now and we've got to mm. deal with them and we can't kill everyone that we meet because that's just not a good thing to do yeah it didn't work out too well for me so yeah uh, maybe and, not repeat that too much that's what i'm saying and so if we can find a way of living in peace and harmony with the dragoons or dragons mm. i'm sorry uh then you know we could probably resolve a lot more conflict before it starts that's i i see your point and i appreciate it problem is these are black dragons they are inherently evil question mark not sure on the homebrew nature of black dragons but uh yeah yes, they, they are, are like inherently evil very bad like the, like the evilest the of evilest i'm not sure if we'll be given the option is what i'm saying yeah well I'm, as you can't judge a dragon from the color of its scales <laughs> no i i realize I that's not, i realize I that's not true for dra dragon borns dragons you can though i would much rather <laughs> judge a dragon on the contents of its character than on the color of its scales and i'm willing to give this a shot all right dr martin druther king <laughs> <laughs> Look, i'm saying i'm not averse to killing this thing if we have to i'm just saying i'd much rather explore other avenues potentially peaceful avenues before the violence starts okay again appreciate your opinion but we have just restrained her children and put them in a three-foot pit we haven't killed them and we haven't hurt them uh we definitely haven't killed them i hazard to guess whether we may have hurt them <laughs> can you can talk to them use your words <laughs> i don't know if they want to yeah. speak to me anymore <laughs> no you, you know that their screeches at the moment are teetering back and forward between just like animalistic sounds and the word mother wow so Mitchell Moore, the, the evil dragonborn druid, was reincarnated as a minotaur, and there's rock magic, and baby dragon wormlings, and the threat of a big acid-spitting mama black dragon. I think part two is going to be pretty action-packed. Uh, big thanks to Waffles and Thomas for joining me for this really fun game. If anyone else wants to try out D12 Go for themselves, the, uh, there is a link to the current playtest rules on our website, fateofison.com. Check them out and help yourself. I also want to thank our awesome supporters on Patreon. They are... Alex Watt Robinson, Person Who Wants to Stay Anonymous, Robert Baldino, Aaron Cucci, Laura Christian Goodwin, and James Blyster, Sajo Hodgkins, Laura Douglas, Melzig, Rod Ruff, Marta, Sam, Malcolm, Kadron, Fels, Lauren Flake, Kaidi, Lorena, Kavalsic, Kevin Swift, Ben Edwards, Victorian Gavin Porter, Daniel Nichols, KP Squish, Alexandra Lickguides, Andrew Evans, Danny Homan, Kevin Carver, Dakota Shemansky, Damalun Baton, Andrew M. Sharongas from Twizel, Jared from the Indie Film Review, Jamie Phillips, Ezekiel Tabrioli, The Gamertron, Kristen Holswitch, and Dustin Dowsing. Ah, yeah. Thank you all so much for helping us make this show. Uh, anyone else who uh, wants to join that list of names and make it even more impossible for me to say, head on over to patreon.com slash fateofison to find out how you can be a part of the magic. Uh, or you can just review us somewhere. That's pretty cool too. All right, that's it for now. We'll find out what happens to Drew and Chell in part two. Part two.